Hello, and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect, episode 301. We're recording this on Sunday, August 4th. I'm David Lott. Joining me this episode is Bobby Jackson. Hey, what's up? And Michelle Hillard. Hello. Hi, everybody. What's up? The allergies. Uh, that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lovely I hit with the allergy two by four in my head. I'm all stuffy, so I sound like uneasily mm. lovely. <laughs> you can hear it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it that. It's prob- you probably think it sounds worse than it does. It, I probably do because I f- feel like crap. <laughs> Oh, that from sucks. The, from from the shoulders up, I feel like crap, but I'm fine, really. But I had a cool day today. What'd you do today? I got to go to the cast preview for Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World. Oh, cool! Hey, hey. So, what is what does that entail? Um, so when you do the cast member preview, uh, they give you certain time frames you go and then there's, I guess there's three, and it's all based on like what you were able to book at the time that the availability came for the cast member. So there was basically just the preview itself where you could go in and you're able to ride the ride and basically walk around and shop and eat and do stuff. The next level is you get to walk in and do all that when you either wind up booking the cantina or you can book a time for the lightsaber build, but you still have to pay the $200 to do the lightsaber build. And so um, uh, my friend who's a cast member was able to do, we were able to, we just did the walk-in. We were able to do the park, that section plus like the cantina, which would have been cool. But I will say like when we were there, the cantina, you know, we went up talking You're to- You're saying you weren't able to do the cantina. We were not able to do the oh, okay. cantina. Oh, okay. It sorry. sounded like you said you were. Okay, sorry. No, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, my knees on mom. I can't talk. I feel like I didn't talk right. Um, no, we were not able to do the cantina. Um, and because, you know, they're giving basically a four hour window for cast members to go and walk around and look at the, the that section of the park. They were limiting time in the cantina. And they told us today because we were asking about it. And we were overhearing them telling people that had cantina tickets to go in, you know, hey, it's a 45 minute sit down. And they were giving them their menus outside to look over. And they're basically like, look, we're going to take your order outside and give you your number, a pager or whatever. And then when you go inside, we'll bring you your food to your table. That way you have like a full 45 minutes to eat and really Hang take out. in, you know, yeah. and you're not sitting there at the table then waiting for, like because they're trying to get people through basically is what was happening. Right. So it was pretty. So, but, you know, we didn't get to do that. But otherwise I got, I went in and did the, uh. The ride that's open. Uh, what is it? I can't think now. <laughs> it's the one with the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it's right? the Falcon ride. I yeah, don't know the name. Yeah, it's the Millennium Falcon ride. Um, and so we're able to do that. And, you know, there's, like Yasha was saying, there's three groupings and we wound up being pilots. Nice. So it was pretty cool. It's basically like the simulator itself. You are in the Millennium Falcon. You're doing a little smuggler's run, basically. And... Dude, um, yeah, and uh, it's it's like being inside of a video game almost. Like it's it's pretty sweet. It's pretty cool. I was down with it. Um, yeah, that was pretty awesome. But I will say, as far as the park goes, that section, the theme of the park, it is it is the best, the best done theming I've seen Disney do in a ridiculously long, 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 long time. Um, it is very immersive. It's very rich and detailed and it's, it's done really well. I was very impressed and I think that they were really smart, at least here in Disney world. Um, they made the, the footpath traffic so much wider. It's one of the widest like walkway areas I've seen on this entire property. And this property encompasses four theme parks, a shopping entertainment seg- section like this, this well, Disney world is huge <laughs> and it's by far the widest walkways I've seen any, anywhere on property. And which was really, it's nice to see that they're, they're realizing, Hey, this is going to be a mass crowd of people all the time. And we, we're going to have to have, it's so stupid to be excited by that. But I was like, honestly, like it's not these little narrow pathways. And I'm just like, Oh, this is gonna be so nice. But no, it's, it's really rich and it's, at least here at Disney World, it is a lot 
bigger than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be basically the the main section that it was and this one little side section of the that section of the park for Galaxy's Edge is what I thought it was going to be. And it was basically twice, if not three times that size. I was like, oh, wow. Holy crap. This is huge. It's very mm-hmm. large. But it's awesome. Um, you can see the other ride they're putting in, the roller coaster. Like, they already have the queue line done for it. You could see the track. They have it all kind of blocked off and shielded. But it's, from what I can see on the outside, it's done. So I mean, yeah, it's supposed to open fairly relatively soon so i would imagine for i think was it october i don't November? i think it's more end of the year but still well that's still, pretty relatively yeah. soon i mean it's, for it to be that close i would imagine it's basically done it's from what you can see it's it's basically done um yeah no like the shops the stores everything is it's it's really really awesome i'm gonna be posting some stuff on my instagram and i'll put a few things on the Flickr effect instagram too in the my stories because I took some video and right. some photos of things. It was it was really awesome. I, I'm very, very, very impressed with what they did. For the cast member preview, are they going like full-on experience with the area? As in like, are there yes. stormtroopers and everything? Or? So yeah, even with the cast preview, they have stormtroopers. There are rebel spies everywhere. Like there's rebel spies that'll walk up to you and they're like, hey, follow me. And they're like, they'll like, they won't grab you. But they'll kind of do the like soft Disney, like, I'm going to put my hand just gently kind of behind you, but I'm not actually going to touch you and I'm going to guide you in this direction. Okay. Like, I watched this one rebel girl kind of come up to this little girl and she's like, hey, come with me if you want to be with the rebellion. And she was like leading this little girl and her parents were videoing it like a few steps behind and she was like guiding her through this little like section. And then like troopers came around the corner and she was like, oh, act normal, act normal, act normal. It was really cute. Nice. I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's no, cool. it, was, it was pretty cool. So there was, there were, you know, rebel spies wandering around. And, you know, when you're there, the, all the cast members, they say, uh, what is it? Um, like, the greeting was like happy sons or many sons or something like that. Okay. Yeah. You know, alluding to good morning is basically what was happening because we were in the morning time. But it was with the sons or many sons or happy sons or something like that. I couldn't remember. It was like it, the first time one of them said it to me, I was like, sorry, what did you just say? Like, that was, that would be the, it was really, I didn't understand what you were I was just saying. thinking that would be the ultimate like Disney effect if they could somehow make it look like there's two suns in the sky. Right. right. <laughs> Only when you're in that area. That would be. There's two suns. But I wouldn't put it past Disney to find a way. Somehow make one that looks a little more. Was it bluish? That one was kind of bluish, wasn't it? Or was it red? Like red, red. Well, I can't remember. Uh, I think I have to watch like, New Hope again. Yeah, I think. But the thing about New Hope, it's like they're so low in the sky. One is lower right. in the sky than the other, so it has a different color. Right. Just like anyway. And I gave in, and I had blue milk. Gave could, in. Well, because everybody else is doing it. Oh God, everybody's doing. It. I can't well, do it. You too. wouldn't have done it if I know. That's what that I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. There was a part of me that was kind of like oh, I don't want to do it. Everybody's walking around with blue and green milk. Like, I want to be a rebel, and not. I was like, I'm going to be the cool milk. rebel girl that doesn't do a it. A rebel. <laughs> yeah. See what I did there. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the cool kid. I'm not going to do it. And then finally, I was like, oh, screw it. I'm doing the blue milk. <laughs> I did the non-alcoholic version because it costs so much more to do the alcoholic version. <laughs> and I'm not on vacation. I'm not in that mindset. I'm a normal person today. But um, yeah, they've got blue milk and green milk. And what'd you think? It's it's not bad it's not like i wound up actually not even finishing the cup because it's kind of rich and they Mm. mix it with coconut milk and it's frozen ice shaved frozen ice like really dense it's it it was good i liked it and like the blue milk i guess you could have a shot of rum put into it and then the green milk they were doing a shot tequila um i guess it kind of helps with the flavor what because mm. bo- the two flavors are slightly different you can see in the greens i forget what the difference was now but so yeah everybody's walking around blue milk and green milk you can see where they're doing there's going to be a huge um stage for the new order is going to have a stage show you can see okay and then there's going to, you could tell there's going to be a little something. There's this one kind of stage that's kind of built up and it's actually over um, two speeders. Um, it's the speeder that Anakin has. And then I think, I don't think it was 
what not Greedo. What's the other guy's name that raced against Anakin? I think it's his speeder. Is next uh, to Anakin's speeder. Okay. I have a picture. I'll post it. <laughs> um, but the two speeders, there's like a stage above them, and then just there's like steps down, like a stage to the side. And I'm like, this is gonna be something. You could tell. Mm. So that was the one thing that wasn't happening. There's no stage shows happening. Right. But um, I ran into Chewbacca and Ray. There was it was pretty cool. It was pretty fun. I had a good time. So um, old, but- Sebulba. That's right. That's right. Had to had to had make to sure. I thought it was him, but I can. I was thinking Sebulba might have been the name of the guy who owned Anakin and his mom. Yeah. I can't remember his name. So, but yeah, it's Sebulba. So, the shops are really pretty cool. A lot of it isn't as indoors as most of Disney World is because most of Disney World, especially in that park specifically in the Hollywood Studios, almost everything is kind of indoors in a way like all the stores all the restaurants everything is air conditioned air conditioned air conditioned air conditioned air conditioned i'll be honest about half of this was all outside and half uh, well a lot less than i thought was going to be in little air conditioned shops a lot of them were more outdoors it'd be interesting to was, see how like especially if the two areas the disneyland version and our version is so similar but i mean obviously in california you can kind of get away with that like right. here it's like it rains so much it rains and it's just hot as and that and it's hot oh my like, today was hot today was m- almost miserably hot and i was there in the morning and by the time my friend and i left we were sweating i'm like we haven't done anything <laughs> i was like we physically haven't done anything other than walk around and i'm 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 done but um there's the stores are even a little interactive it's pretty cool they've got animatronics in them it's really immersive they really pull you in the cast members are really in character they're really talking to you and you could tell at least you know because this is the preview week so this is where the cast members can kind of stumble a little bit in their knowledge and go oh this does this 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 and uh there's something else another cast member kind of <laughs> walks by like the blah 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 they're like yeah the that thing you know like you know they're learning still yeah, every right. all their information it's a lot of information i almost feel bad for them because i feel like star wars like super uber fans are going to be like quizzing them they're gonna be like mother of god dude i just work here can we tone it down a notch like but they were doing really good it was pretty cool i mean i've always been impressed with the people in in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Yeah, they're who, pretty knowledgeable Who go too. like full on kind of character. Not yeah. everybody does. You can tell some cast, I don't call them cast members there, but some of the employees there yeah. kind of just let it go and they're just like normal. But a lot of them take take it on like all the way. A lot of them really get into it. I will say, yeah, the enthusiasm with the, the cast members here at the park were, they were really into it. It was, it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think I was going to say, okay, so yeah, there's the lightsaber build. But what I didn't know is there's a droid build. Yeah. You can personalize and build your own droids. And that starts at $100, I guess, is the main price. But I guess you could get like more expensive bits and pieces and it might take the price up a little bit. But that was pretty cool, actually. I was like, that would be super fun to do with a kid. Like, that would be really cool because it's like there's multiple droids. Like, you could build a BB 8, but it's not just BB 8. Like, it's a different color, but it's a BB 8 version, like, style. And oh no, it was, I was really impressed with it. I was was down i was like oh this is so much fun i had a good time i so liked now you, it now you've seen it y'all just seen it i promise to everyone listening every time one of us sees it we're not all gonna like go I over know. our experience <laughs> well yasha saw it in disneyland in california i saw it in disney world here in florida that's like, true i will say there's an article up and i didn't get to really look at it today but i guess it, it's here in orlando they were comparing pictures of the two parks to see what differences and similarities there were and it's not many i'm curious too to well because i'm i'm at this point scheduled to go friday so in a week i'll be going and less than a week and i'm also curious about it too to like see where things are in terms of because that that area that it's in i used to work in that was my ride yeah (laughs) the the it was originally the backstage studio tour and then it was the studio's backlot tour that was the attraction I worked at for a while and it basically is in that part of the park and I'll be kind of curious to like maybe even look at a satellite photo and like okay so where was Catastrophe Canyon and what is here now there's only one part that you could look at that I could look at when I was standing there and go that was part of Catastrophe Canyon like you could tell where the edge is and you can see kind of a shape and like the edge of where that I was like that's about where that mountain is is 
that like that was otherwise i will say and i was my friend that I was with she actually worked back there too at one point in her disney career and she and i were with, i was like i have no idea where where she's currently standing at what this was and she's like yeah, i don't either i'm like i know what was here in general but i'm like i couldn't tell you if i was looking at this point or this point or this point and she's like yeah, i couldn't either i have no idea we both were like holy crap it, it's completely different but speaking of parks uh universal announced a new park they did um which yeah, it's a big deal for the area. We haven't had a new full-on theme park in no. since Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom? Is that, that the was, last that one? That was two thousand. No, that was ninety-eight. I think. Was yeah yeah you're right it was ninety-eight. So yeah, that we haven't had a full-on. We've had a water park, Volcano We've, Bay, fairly recently. Right, and Aquatica. And Aquatica that was a big one. When Aquatica. But opened. yeah, we haven't had a. a full theme park yeah new park in quite a while yeah and yeah and i don't think there's still there's not a date attached to this park opening i think they're, they're super vague on everything right they're now. very vague on it they're not even saying like what kind of franchises will have areas and lands in there though i mean one of them it seems kind of obvious because they've made a deal with nintendo right to do kind of a yeah mario brothers nintendo kind of area and i gotta imagine it's going to be in that park it's going to be called uh, by the way the park uh, will be called epic universe Epic universe. And for anyone who knows the area, I mean, it's it's definitely different from Disney in that Disney World is one big world. It's one yes. one landmass, one property, one property. One Universal of land in Orlando. Universal unfortunately doesn't have the the luxury of that much space in their current property. No. They they basically have filled their current property with two parks and a water park and the resorts that the they hotels, have. Yeah. And so now this park is going to be separated from it and not that far away. But it's, it's on the opposite side of I four, right? On the opposite side, but not like right next to I four. It's, it's right. Down it's, like, it's like it's like across the street, basically. Like. In a I mean, way. Yeah, it would definitely... It's like the bridge. You're not going to see it from Universal, no. you know? I mean, no. it's... Unless you're on the Hulk. I don't know how many miles it is. It's not that far, but... No, I mean, it. I mean, as far as distance goes, it's no f- further than, say, where the Magic Kingdom is in reference to the, like, Animal Kingdom. Like, it's displaced, but it's... it's there's just stuff in between. There's just stuff saying. in between, right, exactly. Uh, International Drive and a bunch of hotels. And- yeah. That kind of thing. Right. You'll take a bridge over I-4 and go past. Yeah. It's fine. Everything's great. Right. But, yeah, it's kind of cool. And apparently it's a huge landmass. Like It is. There is. I was going to say, that is a section of Orlando that hasn't been developed. Yeah. It's it's a big park they're building, apparently. It is big. And they have started construction. Yeah. I even went on Google Maps to kind of look, and I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. I don't know when this Google satellite image was taken, but right. there's definitely construction happening in that spot. Yeah. That'd be cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Yeah, we haven't had a new theme park. I've actually never been here for a theme park opening like in town, like a theme park. I wasn't living here in 98 when... And when Animal Animal Kingdom Kingdom. opened, I was in college. I remember I was at Florida State and I mean, wasn't actually here to attend like the opening or anything. I don't know when I finally originally, finally went to the park. It's big news for this town. It's exciting. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. That's well, theme park news. What else is going on? <laughs> we saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again. We did. Second viewing. You just saw it the one time, right, Bobby? Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm mainly making sure you're still there. I'm like, hey, Bobby's still I was there. Say, Bobby's really him. quiet. I was starting to freak out <laughs> well, a little bit there. It couldn't contribute anything to the, the theme park, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm just at the one time. I feel like that's probably where it'll stay-ish. I mean, I might see it a second time, but definitely not in the theater, right. I don't think. We'll have to bring Bobby and Yasha down here for Epic Universe at Universal. Oh. Oh, yes, yeah. a few years away. So did your thoughts change at all in terms of seeing it a second time, or is it strengthen what you felt going into it after the first viewing? I wouldn't say mine have really changed. I mean, if anything, maybe they've slightly strengthened. I, de- okay. I, I definitely love the movie. Like, and I definitely don't feel any, I don't have any more negative feelings about anything about it after a second viewing. Like, yeah, it's a solid Quentin film. Like I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can understand some reaction like Yasha's as much as I, I think it's crazy. No offense, Yasha. 
or to anyone who feels that way. But at the same time, I can, I can, I can somewhat understand it given the, the way the first couple hours of the movie unfold. The first two hours. Yeah. And given how the movie does kind of rely on some knowledge of a real life, you know, situation or event. Right. But I think I'm, I'm with you. I will say second viewing, I definitely didn't lose any love for it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I gained a lot more love because I was really happy with it as a whole to begin with. Right. But I think you and I are on the same opinion of, yeah, we understand why some people won't like this and we understand why there's some confusion. But I think we both also fall into the camp of it's nobody's job to educate people on an event that occurred to see this film. Like, I don't know. Like, there was a tweet that I think you had either retweeted or liked. I think it was John Campion. It was like, was it John Campion? You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't think so, but go ahead. Who was it? I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm waiting to hear what kind of what the tweet was. It was basically like, <laughs> like it's nobody's job to like educate the masses on this information before seeing this film. Like it's not Quentin's job to educate you upon the events that occurred. It's not, but I mean, in, in, in defense of, I will now. say this in defense of that perspective of, oh, it's annoying that I'm seeing a movie that I have to have prior knowledge of something on. Like there, I don't know. There's a line to draw there, and I can see that argument of, oh, like, maybe the story, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just, I, like. <laughs> it's so funny, because seriously, somebody tweeted it, and I think you liked it, or you retweeted it, and I was like, that's exactly how I feel. Do, I was do, like, oh my you, gosh, it's so It would so be good. easier for me to find it if you want me to find it real quick. Uh Probably either like Jacob Hall or um, uh, it might have Chris been, Evangelista. Yeah, maybe. this is one of the times yeah. that I, Chris and Evangelista and I, we definitely see eye to eye on this movie, unlike a lot of other films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's most people, I think, with Chris uh, from Slash Films' right. uh, opinion on most movies. But right. uh, oh, I got it. Yeah, it's Jacob Hall. It says, yeah. "I'm firmly on team." It's not Quentin Tarantino's fault that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood asks you to be at least vaguely familiar with one of the most infamous moments in 20th century century American history. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, obviously. I like the tweet. Right, and I agree with it, too, because I'm like, I, I'm, I'm also firmly on the team of it's, it's not his job to, to educate you on the situation. Like... I don't know. I think that's a lot of. I feel. I feel like I've been hearing people. They're like, "Well, I didn't know anything about this, and why should we go see a film about something we should know something about?" And it's like, "Yeah, but it's also not my job." And and you and I, and I don't, Bobby, you've probably seen the same thing. I don't know. We saw an interesting, you know, take on the film that I guess was uh, tweeted by the Slash Filmcast, and I guess he had listened to the Slash Filmcast review, which I haven't listened to yet. And I guess this guy went into the movie. He knew nothing. He literally, apparently, knew absolutely nothing about what happened with the Manson murders, the Manson family, the Tate murders, nothing. And he kind of laid out like five or six things and points of kind of his reaction to moments in the movie based on seeing it with no knowledge. And it was interesting. There was one point in particular that I definitely bumped on. I'm like, I don't care if you haven't seen it or not. I don't know why you would bump on this, dude. Like, you're right. out of your mind. But it's anyway. Movie. <laughs> but other than that, I was like, this is interesting to he see is- someone's perspective. But then it was also fascinating to see after he made his points that he was like, then he listened to the Slash Filmcast review and learned, wait, all of this stuff really happened? Like, and not really happened, but like these... He, the, he learned the, about the Manson. He murder. learned about the Tate murders right. and and uh, things in the movie that relate to real life, and it like blew his mind. And then he suddenly, without without having to go and rewatch the film, his opinion on the film completely turned around. And it was kind of interesting to to read this guy's kind of reaction to like being able to revisit the film, I guess, in his head, and then suddenly appreciate it when yeah, he, he was didn't. Like, after everything he originally makes saw so it. much sense now. And it's awesome. Like, he's like, wow. Because one of his points was, he's like, so at the end of the film, oh, I guess I shouldn't talk about this. No, yeah, you should. But anyway, like, it was, like, I think it was his last point, And it was very like, yeah, that gets to happen now because of the situation. And like, it gets, I could bet you his head exploded. 
exploded so hard mm-hmm. once he understood the whole history behind everything. And yeah, it was an interesting article and it, it was just it was interesting to read this guy's take on the whole thing and then realizing, "Oh wow, holy cow." And to have him basically to complete 180 on this film. I don't know. It, uh. I'm definitely hoping Yasha re-watches it in a theater. Oh, God. So I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. Because also, you know, not only was he disappointed with what he was watching, but as he said in the review, and, you know, I revisited it when I was editing the podcast, like, he was tired. And I've, I've been there. I have seen movies when I'm tired. And one movie in particular... A movie that turned into my number one film of the year, Mad Max Fury Road. I was just about to say, I bet this is Mad Max. When I saw oh. Mad Max Fury Road in the theater, sadly, I was I was fucking tired. You actually, I, was falling I think, asleep. nodded out for about eight whole minutes of that film and, at one point. And there's times that doesn't matter how good an experience is, how good a movie is. If you're that tired, you're you're tired. Like, right. And I was for that. And I remember walking out really of it. it. I remember walking out of it going, oh, yeah, that was good. But I wasn't blown away by it or anything. And then I rewatched it at home, I think on Blu-ray, or I don't think I went back to the theater to see it. I don't remember. But I, I watched it again and was like, holy shit. Right. <laughs> this is amazing. And it ended up being my number one movie of the year. Like, And yeah, obviously he walked out of, he walked, literally walked out of the movie. Okay. You know, it's a little different, but still, I think maybe, maybe his being so tired played a small part too anyway maybe I I hope he revisits it in theater as well I think I think if he can make it through it he'll be like oh wow okay I I feel like his opinion will change but ultimately I just think that one does not simply just wander into a Quentin Tarantino film and not know something it's like this vocal people who didn't know anything about the aspects of the movie uh, with Sharon Tate, I feel like that's a vocal minority in the bubble of entertainment that we inhabit. And so uh, there's probably a wider margin of people who knew something about it tangentially or just, just to a certain degree of just through pop culture osmosis. You've heard something, regardless of how much you might know. So I think that anyone who did go into it not knowing anything will be confused or or have some sort of impulse to go online and and say and question things and be like what what did i just watch and then get filled in on the aspects of uh the reality realities to this uh aspect of the movie and then as you said david like the one guy who uh, turns his whole opinion around and for some people, it may not, but at least they would still have some sort of identification as to what was going on in this movie and, and some of the other things that were at play there, as opposed to just kind of just scratching your head and not wonder and not one not knowing what was going on, because it's I, like I said, it's a Quentin Tarantino film. So I just think that you have certain expectations of what he does as a director and what he what kind of stories he's trying to tell that you know they're not necessarily just the the a cookie cutter type film or it's going to be off the beaten path in some sort of way so that you, you kind of are forced to think about it a little bit so I, I just don't think that even though we are hearing from these people i think it's just mostly because we're in this uh, realm and so it, it it stands out to us a little bit more but i just don't think like overall the vast majority of people who went in seeing a Quentin Tarantino film, knowing that it was a Quentin Tarantino film, didn't have some sort of base knowledge of some of that stuff going on. I read uh, a really good article. I sent it to you, Michelle. I don't know if you had read it yet from the Hollywood reporter. Um, and I, I don't have the author's name in front of me. I don't have the article in front of me, but it basically laying out why, this movie would indeed make a good last film for him. You know? Oh, yeah, I haven't read that yet. um, You know, he's been saying over and over, like, hey, I'm retiring after 10 films. And he considers Kill Bill one film, as do a lot of us. I mean... Yeah, just in two And so, with that in mind, if Kill Bill being one film, he's done nine films. I mean, he labels this film as his ninth film. Um, Yeah. So, 
theoretically then he'd be doing one more movie but this this article lays out you know a, a really good reason why you know what this should be his last film and as much as I want to see more films from him I hope he goes past 10 but I agree after I mean reading the article I was like yeah this this would be the perfect kind of ending to to his uh his filmography the 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 title of the article yeah it was from the Hollywood Reporter Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and the End of Tarantino it's written by Richard Newby but uh, it was a good read a little longer article but it was a good read yeah I wanted to read it um I think my one thing is the other the other complaint I've kind of seen is people are they're not liking it and they seem very frustrated by the film and the the other problem is as I've seen these same people that are having these complaints they were complaining about there not being original storytelling right now everything's a remake or a reboot or a prequel or whatever I'm like I get so tired of hearing that he just gave you an original idea an original story and you're hating on it too so are you just not happy with anything that's happening in Hollywood right now on film like what's your What's your beef, dude? Like, you seem unhappy with everything. And I will have to agree. Like, I do also feel that there is a lack in original ideas and and screenplays and and stories that are happening. But there are still... They're still out there, though. They're still happening. They're still getting made. You just might... And not that you have to look for this one, but some of them you may have to go look for a little bit. They are still out there. There are still original things. So I am frustrated when I hear people they're they're tired of remakes and reboots and they want original ideas and then they get original ideas and then they shit on them. And I'm well, like, and I think oh. it's like what you touched on, Bobby, the the vocal minority, you know. And yeah, right, it's, right, tw- right, it's right. Twitter life, it's internet life. Right, it's, it's true. Everyone's fascination with jumping on the hey, look at all these people yelling about something. And yeah, it's that's true. It's, it's true. Making it more of a thing than it really is. I mean, I agree. Most of the people I've spoken to, not a lot at this point, seem very happy with the film. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, I didn't go see Hobbs and Shaw this weekend. Michelle, you didn't either. I did not. Bobby, you did though, right? I went to Galaxy's Edge instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you were saying it as if you didn't go to Galaxy's Edge. You would have been right there in the right. front. You would have been. Lining up to see Hobbs and Shaw. And yeah, Bobby just calls it out right there. Considering you haven't seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. The recent I, Fast and Furious films. I've, saw, I've seen the original. Like, the first one, and then I saw Tokyo Drift. So, you know. You haven't, you haven't seen the ones you actually should see. <laughs> Yeah. Basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though we've all been, no, Michelle, really, you should actually check out these more recent yeah, ones. You'd be surprised. Fine. You're like, no, no, I don't care. No, it's fine. Yeah, so I did check it out. And as we just mentioned, it's a spinoff from the Fast and Furious movies. And it's it's one of those things where, okay, this is sort of like a, um, a spinoff to what we're getting. And if you've seen the last... I'd say couple Fast and Furious movies. They seem like they keep ramping up higher and higher in terms of what's going on visually on the screen to where everybody keeps saying, oh, you know, what's next? They're going to go to space. And I mean, of course, you know, something silly like that is going to happen at some point. But um, I would say like if the Fast and Furious last two movies were at a 10, it feels like Hobbs and Shaw is like at a 12 or something. <laughs> it, it goes way above and beyond. And it's it, it, to me, it's so cartoonish and so uh, over the top that I think I can understand why a large portion of people would go in, just eat popcorn and just have a good time with it. But I felt like there's so much visual noise going on on the screen almost from start to finish that nothing felt real in any way shape or form and i know that that's kind of what you're getting yourself into when you go see a hobbs and shaw but at the same time i think the one thing that the fast and furious movies had at least over this first iteration of hobbs and shaw is that 
you got to know those characters and they at least started off more three-dimensional to a certain degree. And then they became sort of these cartoonish figures. Whereas with Hobbs and Shaw, they kind of start off that way. And there's not, at least in this movie, you get to know Hobbs a little bit more previously. But in, in this movie, they, they really lean into it. And there's aspects of family there, but it just never felt any kind of heart to it in a realistic way. Um, I will say that anytime Idris Elba is on screen with Dwayne Johnson and uh, Jason Statham, it all kind of comes alive for me. It, it really, I guess, just kind of plays into the 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 sci-fi superhero s aspects of the character that Idris Elba kind of inhabits. And it and it really kind of connects, and everything seems uh, like it's clicking. It, but when it's just Jason Statham and Dwayne Johnson, I don't know. It, it's sort of flat to me because they have this sort of back and forth banner where they're insulting each other most of the time. And it uh, sometimes every now and then it's something funny, but most of the time it was just kind of like a little lame to me in the in the humor of it. And then just beyond that. With David uh, Leach, I think that's his name, who directed um, the Atomic Blonde and Deadpool 2, I think. The, his action in this movie, while it, while it's pretty high in terms of the, the aspects of where you're going with things, it never feels like in with, like with Atomic Blonde, when, you, when she's in fights – it feels authentic. It, it feels like it hurts through the screen. Whereas when you're watching it in this movie, it just all feels like it's like a video game, really. You're just punching and punching it, and it, there's no real kind of... They try and make it look like there is, but to me, I never really got the sense that there's any real sort of pain going on in, in, in a lot of the, the scenes. But ultimately, I think... This movie probably would have served me a little bit better had it been released maybe in March. Because now I feel like towards the end of summer, we've gotten all these other action movies that have come out before it and did a better job and and had the action to where now I feel like, not necessarily that I'm all actioned out, but it just feels like it's too little, too late at the end for me and it would have probably been a nice little kickstart to the summer as opposed to ending the summer for me but um i think it seems like for the most part everyone is enjoying it i saw that it has like an a minus on cinema score i think a 90 percent on rotten tomatoes and it made 60 million domestically and 180 million globally so I think it's off to a pretty decent start for this being a spinoff. It's obviously not making like the type of money that the Fast and Furious movies have made, but I think far as where they were expecting it, it seems like it's doing right around where I guess they were hoping. So um, I'm sure we'll probably see an, another installment of it, and I'm not opposed to it. It's just that I don't know, like there's certain elements to this one that didn't work that didn't make me hate it. It just didn't make me come out of the movie feeling all amped up and, and pumped up, ready to see the second one. Well, then I'm not rushing out to see it. I've, I've actually been curious to watch it. Like I, I'm saying this and my, my experience with the fast and furious films has been, I think like a lot of people, the first films are like, okay, whatever. And then, yeah, it had this resurgence and quality that I I totally enjoyed, but then the last couple, uh, I forget that last one I saw because I haven't seen the most recent one. I never I never uh, watched it. Yeah, but the, the one, one with Charlize Theron. Yeah, I never saw that one. Oh. But the one before it already was like, and this is the downside again. Starting like, to jump the shark. This is like everything is just too much, yeah. and so that's why the, when that most recent one came out with Charlize Theron, I was kind of yeah, I wanted to see it, but I wasn't like obviously rushing out to the theater and I never did and this one's came the same way I don't know when I watched trailers for it I was like this looks fun I don't know watching these two the banter between these two this could be entertaining and yeah it looks ridiculous but like you said Bobby you're going into it like expecting that kind of movie alright cool but maybe a little too much what it sounds like 
Yeah, like yeah. I've I've kind of thought it. It looks like it could be kind of fun, just knowing it's just way over the top mm. ridiculousness. Like you know what you're getting into. You know you're just going to just have a good time. There's nothing serious. But I will say, not that this kind of a film has to have like a really strong plot line or storyline to it. Like really intense, you know, like levels of layers of depth to it. But it sounds like that's kind of not happening on any level here. It's basically just. It's, it look, It sounds like it's very shallow and very almost overly simplistic. There is an element to it that uh, I would say makes you curious as to see where a sequel would go. But overall, yeah, I mean, it's pretty shallow, but it, I don't think it tries to be anything too deep. It, it knows what it is and, and it, it leans super heavy into it, which isn't a bad thing. I think that it just didn't quite do it for me, but... Uh, you know, is, I'm my, I'm probably in the minority there based on the reactions from everyone else who seem to really have had a fun time with it, which uh, I, I'm glad because I wouldn't mind seeing where the sequel goes. And there's always, for me, the aspect of if I didn't quite take to something, but I'm still interested enough in it, then I'm hoping that maybe they will, I guess play to some of more what I would call a strength in a sequel to where I would enjoy it a little bit more, or it may just be the same thing again, but uh, at least it gives me a little bit of hope that maybe some of the things that I had issues with could be addressed in a sequel. So there I'm still at least decently looking forward to see where they take it in a sequel. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything else, unfortunately. I started watching a documentary on Netflix, which I actually want to finish. But it was like the end of the night. I was like, I'm going to throw something on. And then, you know, Netflix does that thing as you hover over things. It'll start to play kind of a trailer or teaser to something. I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I, I hit it and it was the great hack. And it was fun. It, so it seems to be telling the story of um, Cambridge Analytica and that whole yeah. drama. Um, and it was funny uh, you were watching a little bit too Michelle and you made a comment that I was thinking like it, I was only watching the film for five minutes and I was like I want to take my Apple watch off I, I want to get rid of my iPhone <laughs> like, like, I, want to get- I very quickly I very quickly was like I'm deleting all the things now. I'm clearing mm. everything out. It wasn't even everything that. Everything is it was going just, to die. Just using a, a knife, an iPhone, and and I mean, or a cell phone in general. It's a not, cell phone in general. Just not trying to point out iPhone, but just a cell phone in general. Having a smartwatch like I wear and right, like the Fitbit, it, even just just tracing. It just like, it made me want to go. Oh God, like I want to cut off. <laughs> not not literally. It's not going to happen, but. But kind of. I'll it, tell it, you what. If I've I, never taken another goddamn survey online ever again. Yeah, yeah. That don't, those don't days that. are over. <laughs> we only watched thirty minutes of the damn documentary, and I'm like, never taking another online survey ever again. <laughs> those days are all fucking gone now. Yeah, no. I was. Wow. I want to finish it, but anyway, yeah. that's that's really the only original thing I had never seen before kind of thing I threw on. Other than that, I've been like getting more into dragon con mode and started working on the yeah. costume and it's dragon con mode now yeah he started cutting fabric a little yeah. bit like there's fabric getting cut for costume things are happening over here bobby it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> things are happening the that, sewing machines out sewing machines out that's did you say what you were going to do this year i don't recall you i mean saying. I, i've taken some of the old stuff i've kind of done in the past but i'm working on a death eater costume um oh. from harry potter yeah oh gotcha okay so well you've got the know. matching tat now so oh i don't think bobby knows that by the way <laughs> oh no he does i think i sent a photo oh you did yeah oh. i never i, I never said anything to bobby call that yeah oh. oh i have a i have a death eater tattoo now I've, I've gone so, all the way. I've uh, I've turned myself over to the Dark Lord. I swear I thought I said Wait, that to you. So why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that oh, it's good. <laughs> I guess I, I I think the reason why I just asked it in such a blunt and short way is because I had a whole bunch of thoughts 
going on in my head simultaneously, but all I could get out was just like, why? Because I thought you I were guess a I Gryffindor. Never... No, I, I think I was going to say, and maybe this is me just, I guess, not paying close enough attention, but I, I guess I didn't realize you were that big into Harry Potter. I mean, I know you liked it, but I guess I never realized you were so into it. And that, I um, think, uh, yeah. how, to put, how to put this correctly. Uh, I am. I like Harry Potter quite a bit. I've read all the books yeah. along with seeing all the films and I've enjoyed them a lot. And I will say as the years have passed since the movies ended, I think it's even grown. Mm. And but I would agree that I think from one perspective, there might be, oh, if you have a tattoo from a franchise, that must be the ultimate for you. And I mean, that's yeah. not necessarily true. Like, uh-huh. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So you would you would think, well, how do you not have a Star Wars tattoo yet? Right. And I would be shit. Yes. Yeah, I, I would. But that just because I decided to get this tattoo, which I do like a lot, doesn't necessarily mean like Harry Potter is the. The, the ultimate for me it's way up there mm. like i i love yeah. that universe with the exception of what they're doing with the most recent films <laughs> like, i'm sorry i totally just outed you on that i'm sorry about the tattoo yeah. oh, it's fine well anyway so you're doing the whole costume you got the tattoo you got the costume you're like legit man yeah i guess that's actually the tattoo came first and then when i was thinking about costumes i was like well i guess maybe why don't i do a death eater costume i got the tattoo to go with it right. so uh oh. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, no, that's that's yeah, that's interesting. Just because I, I had no idea. I, I, I'm I not just necessarily about the tattoo specifically, but just in general about the the aspects of, of Harry Potter. But and the funny thing uh, about the tattoo is it wasn't necessarily. This was not a long planned man. I can't wait to one day get a Death Eater tattoo. Like, and not to go into details, but it it happened fairly quickly. Like, and I have no regrets. I. I'm I'm happy with my choice. Well, in but... our random conversations that you and I have ever had about tattoos and what each of us would like to have in the future, I, that was never you've never mentioned that. No, and, and I st- and I have still a long I have a a long planned tattoo in my mind that I do want to happen that is going to be a lot bigger and a lot more work. But yeah, that's how many do you have? Now I just have the two. I have I have one on one forearm and now the Death Eater on the other forearm. I will say, like, I was surprised that that's what you got just because, like, I know some of your other ones, some of your smaller ones in your head. And I, so I guess I was assuming it was going to be a smaller one. So when I saw that one, I was like, oh, well, you've never mentioned that. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, you've never seen that. Like, it's cool. It's a really awesome tattoo. And the artist who did it did a really great job. Like, it's really detailed and the shadowing is done really well. Like, it looks really awesome. Mm. So yeah, cool. so it's gonna be a Dragon Con thing this year. Ho- hopefully, fingers, yeah, crossed. fingers crossed. If I can get everything together, yeah. and I mm. can actually stitch as well as I think I can, we'll see. Well, I did see a, a couple other things actually. Um, one was last week. I kind of touched on it. Was it last week? Gosh, I can't even remember if we had recorded. Yeah, last week I had touched on that. I had started watching The Boys the oh, new Amazon yeah, yeah. Prime series yeah. based off the comic book. And I finished that and I am all in on the boys universe in terms of the live action version. It's so good. I mean, it's been a while. It's where a series has had me so excited to see where they go with the second season, just because the, a lot of the things in this series it's it's it kind of plays in a way where this is like what if super or people really had superpowers and if they had superpowers you know some people would do some messed up things and so that it it really plays into that aspect but then if there are people like that um there's going to be people who want to try and stop them and that's where the boys come in and through that realm and through that lens you really start to see that these characters i wouldn't say you you feel for the the superheroes and they call soups in the series i wouldn't say you necessarily feel good about the soups but you understand them a lot better from the progression of the first episode to the last episode the eighth episode they're they're not so um 
black and white. It, it becomes muddled a little bit. And same with the the, the quote-unquote heroes. They're not necessarily all good either. So it, it's it's a, a good mix there going on and makes for interesting storytelling that, especially where it leaves off at in that last episode, I, I'm so happy that Amazon is already at greenlit it for a second season to where I'm excited for whenever it comes back. I have no clue when that'll be. And maybe it'll be same time this or this time next year, hopefully in, in right around Comic-Con time. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it and would absolutely suggest it to anyone out there who like the superhero type aspect, but want to see it kind of twisted up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, any reactions I've seen online, Twitter, have been nothing but positive. So it doesn't surprise me that you you loved it so much. I want to watch it. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I watched was this movie that I had been hearing about quite a little bit lately. And mostly, again, because we live in this world of entertainment and media. I'd been seeing a lot of it online, but couldn't see it before even when i wanted to because it wasn't playing anywhere and and then this week i guess this past week it opened up a little bit wider so i had a chance to check it out and the movie i'm referring to is called the farewell and it has aquafina in it and the basic premise of the story is aquafina is this girl lives in new york and she's kind of wandering through life a little bit aimlessly but her grandmother is has cancer and she's going to essentially have a short time to live and all the family is going to go to china to visit her but they haven't told her the grandmother that she's uh been diagnosed with cancer so they play it off as if one of the other relatives the nephew is having a wedding so that they can all have an excuse to go see her and visit her. And it plays into these aspects of like customs in terms of this is a, a, a legit custom in China where they don't tell people who are in the family that are going to pass away that they're going to die because they feel like it changes the dynamics of the family and everyone is depressed and sad when they don't want to burden that person with this news. Whereas Aquafina being in uh, a Western culture, she coming from this background, she thinks that her grandmother should know so that she can kind of decide what she wants to do with that news and how she wants to treat it. So it, it's, it's a morality thing. It's a custom thing. And it's interesting because even though this is this interesting, distinct custom and, and tradition that they have in this place in China or this, this whole thing, it's, it's something that is not just specific to them as a culture in, in the sense that it's, it's something that as a, as, as the human race people deal with. And so it's, it's a Asian story, but it's one that's relatable to anyone that's watching it in terms of having to deal with someone that's going to die and how you deal with that and uh aquafina does a fantastic job in it in terms of the acting and um the the director lulu wang i, I have she wrote and directed i haven't seen anything else that she's done but i thought you, this was told in such a way that it had this nice element of comedy to it too obviously because aquafina but um it does it and and it it t- treats it in such a heartfelt way and, and an honest way. And you can't help but to uh, fall for the grandmother in this movie because she has such a, a lively spirit to her. And uh, it was just really well done. So I can see why so many people are blowing it up because it's really, really, really good. Yeah, same same thing. I've heard nothing but rave reviews for that movie. I've been excited about seeing it. It's playing at our art house right now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, hey. We should go. I know. I saw the email today. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should go. Yeah, literally, I think just got to our theater that I could see it at last week. And um, it's just, to me, one of the one of those movies where I think you'll start to hear about it more and more 
as it opens a little bit wider, a little bit wider, and probably get some sort of award buzz around it. Yeah. But that's what you've been up to, what you've been watching. We, Michelle and I, we need to watch some more stuff. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. think now I'm so like, I Dragon Con, Dragon Con, Dragon, like, I'm so like, I have to put together because I want to do a new costume. Like, there's just things i'm curious to see have you seen any reviews bobby for or are there any out there yet for scary stories to tell in the dark i have not seen any i'm oh, curious to i don't it. think I know. Yeah. did you ever read those books no no i, I did i liked them when i was a kid they were fun i the, the more i've seen of it the more i'm like i'm kind of want to see this though it's it the look of it there's one of those things i'm like oh it kind of bones me out it's not coming out closer to halloween it feels like one of those horror movies that would be better served to to release in October. But True. Yeah. I yeah. The release date kinda of baffles me a little bit. Yeah. Now I honestly haven't even really seen the trailer for it. I, I felt like okay it's attached to a director that I always see his stuff when it comes out, so I already knew I was gonna watch it, so I didn't even really bother to watch the trailer about it. I just kinda know based on what you've just said david is that it's or michelle this is based on some books so um but i have not read them so i'm, I'm kind of curious to see where it lands for me and while we're talking about movies that come out next weekend i don't know why i thought door the door and the lost city of gold i should say the full title mm. i thought that was already out for some reason i didn't realize it comes yeah, out next no. weekend yep not, yeah not that, that i have any intention of seeing it <laughs> <laughs> no but i i am I do wonder how well it will do just because a lot of people know of that character just based on the, the animated series, the Dora the Explorer. So what's the what's the curiosity factor there for people? Is it that, oh, I watched this growing up, so I want to watch this movie? Or is it like, uh, you know, I watched it as a kid, but based on the trailer, it's not for me. Maybe it's for my younger fill in the blank, you know? And that it seems it like might still do well, but not like a sort of a box office smash kind of thing. It seems like it's a movie that's trying to do like two different things. Yeah. And I don't I don't think it it sounds like it's not going to land correctly because you're right. Like with her being, quote unquote, grown up, she's high school age now in yeah. this movie. Right. Yeah. You would think, oh, it's go. Are you going for an audience that, oh, this is the audience that grew up with Dora and now they're older too and they would want to watch a live action like if Dora grew up, what would she be like? But then I feel like if you were to do that, you would just make her grown up. You'd make her an adult. Yeah. You know, right. and then but then I did end up reading one full review on it and I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> the reason I read a full review on it, uh, I mean, or I did and yeah, indeed, it sounds like it, it doesn't it, it seems to be playing, though, like a movie for kids. You know, the, mm. it's not That's what it looks like. But at the same time, it seems confused by itself. And and then I'll get into why I read the article. So I was seeing a lot of chatter on Twitter yeah. about a Hollywood Reporter review. Oh, and so, yeah, you even know. But I, <laughs> yeah. so I had to read the review. I'm like, all right, I got to read this. And I read it. And I will say after reading it. So, Anyway, the the reaction to the review was that it seemed like this guy was going in, in with a perverted angle with his review, right? I mean, Bobby, what was what, what were you reading? So I didn't read the actual review, but that's basically what I've read about the review is that it was not appropriate in terms of the way he was uh, essentially calling it out in, in ways that just did not seem appropriate. I read the full review. And I have, of course, not seen the movie. So I'm going to be very careful of my reaction. But I don't know. I read it and I was kind of like, was he, though? Like, mm. I mean, yes, I I read it and I can see what people were getting at and what they were referring to. But at the same time, having not seen the movie, I think I kind of get why he wrote what he wrote. Like, I could see seeing the movie and going, yeah. Like, this is a movie that, like we just said, it seems like it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's trying to appeal to an old, older, we grew up with Dora audience, but at the same time, it's trying to be a kid's movie. And 
then you've got these characters that are high school age and it's like they are acting like high school age we're pumping you know we're we've got a ton of hormones and and it it doesn't it it seems like it's got it sounds like the movie kind of has this undertone to it <laughs> that makes it awkward almost for a movie mm. that's supposed to be about Dora the Explorer and I don't think the from my perspective the review I read unless I read the wrong one is is he was just kind of interpreting that like not necessarily that he was being perverted in a, as a review right I didn't take it the way I saw a lot of reaction. So, anyway. That's interesting. That's my careful way of, like, <laughs> tiptoeing around this. And I haven't seen the film. What do I know? But yeah, right. I was just curious when I was seeing all this. I'm like, what the hell did this guy write? Right. And I had to read it. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, really, everybody? <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, that's that's too bad because... A lot of times you just see the headlines, so then you just kind of go off of that. And I wouldn't necessarily, like I said, I haven't read the review, but I think part of that is not wanting to read the review before seeing the movie to have my own opinion and then to be able to read the review and say, okay, I can kind of see where he was coming from or not. But um, without that, you're just kind of going by a lot of headlines that you keep seeing from other sites reporting it and not even necessarily super delving into the articles of what they're writing. But if you keep seeing these headlines, this attacking essentially this reporter for a Hollywood reporter, then you can't help but to feel like, well, if this many people are, are saying it, then it, it, it's got to be right or it's got to be something to it. And uh, it's almost like this pitchfork mentality where down everybody's, kind of up in arms and and it's like well you know even myself i didn't necessarily i haven't passed judgment because i didn't read his article so i just know that it's out there but it's kind of like already in my mind i'm thinking man this guy really did something wrong so it's kind of like it's it's messed up in that way to where enough people seem to have jumped on the bandwagon or on board in terms of uh, vilifying the guy to a certain degree that if they haven't seen the movie themselves, maybe they might come away with some of the same opinions that this writer had based on at least what you're saying in terms of not seeing some of what they're accusing him of. Yeah, that's no, unfortunate. And as I was seeing so much piling on, part of me was like, how many of you people have actually read this review? Like, right. Or are you right. just kind of going off the, oh, some guy wrote a perverted review. That's terrible, everybody. Let's all y- yell yeah. at this dude. Like, I'm like, did you actually read it? I mean, right. I don't know. And yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, I would normally be the same way. I don't read full reviews, especially before I see a movie, but I have no intention on seeing this movie. So <laughs> this is why I was like, well, I don't care. I'm not going to see it anyway. I got to read this. What the hell did this guy write? So that's why I what read it. What did you do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially one tweet. I don't, I don't have it in front of me because I definitely didn't like the tweet, so I'll never be able to find it again. But this guy, mm. like, he gave his kind of one-sentence version of this guy's review, and it was way off base. Like, after after having read the review, I'm like, you're out of your mind. Like, this guy mm. did not know. <laughs> it wasn't that perverted. Mm. If anything, I want to say, like, for everyone to think his review is that perverted, I think says something more about the people who think it's that perverted. Like, mm. gotcha. I'm with if, you. if you get what I'm saying about maybe yeah. their opinion on anyway, anyway I'm going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The You're only funny. movie I think I was planning to watch next week is the kitchen. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the movie based off the vertigo comic book, um, starring Melissa McCarthy, T- Tiffany Haddish and Elizabeth Moss, them being like taken over, this organized crime organization uh, as a, almost sort of like the other movie that came out where the the husbands go to jail or die and then they take over kind of thing. But obviously this is not quite that story. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how this movie is just based on the trailer. It looks interesting to where I'm like, okay, uh, let's see how this is. And I haven't seen any early reviews or anything yet, but I will absolutely check it out next week. 
Yep, as our summer dies down, and I'm looking at the calendar the next few weekends, I'm like, yep, it's basically falling off. Basically, yeah. Turns of the big, big blockbuster kind of summer films. I will say this. I don't, I know, I'm trying to think if it could happen one night this week, and if not this week, maybe next week. I am determined sometime in the next couple of weeks or so to finally watch it. <laughs> I still haven't oh, seen it. Oh, nice. That, yeah. that needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I, I, I thought about that before that you haven't seen it. And with the new one coming out, I, I didn't know if you would even plan to see the new one just because you hadn't seen the, the, uh, the one that came out a couple of years ago. So I will have uh, seen it by then. That's okay. That's going to happen. I haven't even seen the Comic-Con trailer because I did see the first trailer that came out mm-hmm. for this, this sequel. And I don't watching it didn't like, I don't think ruin anything for me by any means, but no. I, I have avoided the Comic-Con trailer just because I haven't seen the first movie yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't even seen that Comic-Con trailer just because at this point either. I've seen the first one. And there, I already know I'm going to see the movie, so I don't need to see any more from right. it beyond what I saw in that first trailer. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, with that, it is time to wrap things up. Uh, as always, we would love to hear from everyone listening. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at flicker underscore effect. We're on YouTube as well, youtube.com forward slash flicker effect. And yeah, we should be back next week. I don't see why we won't be recording. And then uh, probably be talking about the kitchen and whatever else we will have seen by then. With that, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. And I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.